Hello, Bondapart listeners, it's Rebecca. Would you like to see a little film I made about emerald spectacles or read why Beatrice would like to find some bally snakeskin shoes? Maybe you're interested in hearing us talk about things we've seen or thought or heard, like our discussion of a recent event about early 20th century Parisian jewellery. Or perhaps you'd just like to ask us a whole bunch of questions about fashion. The way to access more brilliant Bondapart content and find out the answers to all of the above is to subscribe to support our podcast on Patreon. Help us to fund the creation of our weekly episodes and benefit from a whole range of exciting extras. So listen to the podcast, follow us on Instagram, and please go to patreon.com forward slash podcast to learn more. Thank you. Hello. Hi, Rebecca. It's Beatrice. Hi, Beatrice. It's Rebecca. I must tell you, my son was so cold, I couldn't get to answer the phone. I kept pressing the button, and my little son was too cold for it to register it had even happened. Oh, that. Um, I, I wonder what one can do. Maybe you need one of those fingerless glove things. Maybe I do, but, I mean, that's just terrible. Yeah, it is bad. Too cold. For your iPhone to know you're even there. Yeah, no, that is not good. That is mm. not good. So apart from the, oh, and the other thing, I was just doing my makeup as you wrote, so I've now got one eye tight line and the other <laughs> not. It, the day I'm just disastrous, and we haven't even started the day. Ah, uh, but I gather you your nails are looking marvelous. Oh my god, yes, that's that's the thing. No one's going to be looking at my tight lined eyes. Because, yeah, I have gold glittery gel nails now. Oh, amazing. I know. I How went... long did it take? I think I only ever went to one manicure, and I think that was with you when there was still. Oh, yes. When there was still really quite new. Yeah. Yeah, mm. we went. I can't remember what it was called, but it was one of the American chains, one of the first ones. I think it might have here. been Nail Zinc. Yes, it could well have been. It was in South Moulton Street, mm. wasn't it? Yes, it's funny because I was thinking about that the other day because, yes, there was that point where getting a manicure was an obscure thing that not many people did, mm. that everybody has to do it just as part of their grooming. And, yes, we went there. And I remember we had Debbie Harry tribute pale pinky nails. Yes, we did. And I chipped mine like sort of half an hour after we got out. Well, this is the thing that I I really like having nail varnish on, but I'm so clumsy that I just ruin it so fast. So I thought, like, gel nails are sort of, it's like they put the gel nail varnish on and sort of bake it onto your finger. So I thought, surely that must last a little bit longer. I need to ask again about in about a week's time. How are you getting Yes, on? yes, yes. We, we will do a checkup yeah. on the nails. They were, I think they were a bit surprised that I wanted gold glittery. Mm-hmm. You know, I was dressed all in black and grey, so probably I wasn't giving a gold glitter no. vibe. But I just felt, you know, I just felt I needed, you know, that I wanted to wear them as jewellery, basically. That's a very good idea. Because I thought, as you know, I favour plain colours with stripes, of course. And I thought, you know, then they are my jewellery. Yeah. And 
And it's also nice when you're typing a lot and writing, if you've got sparkle, sparkle going on in front of your, your face. Yeah, that so sounds very nice. nice. Sorry, I think you know. the um, rubbish collection is just happening as we speak. Oh, so is it? I yeah. can't hear it. Don't oh, worry. okay, okay. I was just wondering, I was wondering whether manicurists, whether they look at someone when they come in and think, oh, I bet she's going to go for such and such. I bet they do. Mm. I bet they do. Yeah. I mean, like hairdressers. I'm sure all people who work on maquillage, if mm. we can call it that, yeah. must kind of think, okay, I'm in for such and such, mm. you know. And I, I'm sure I give off a, either you know, a, a sort of nude vibe or a, <laughs> <laughs> you know, something not very glittery. Anyway. Mm. Well, I wonder. But can I just say, yes, when sure. I was thinking about us going to the nail place and I was thinking how it was, you know, this new, new. cool thing that you could do. Mm. Do you remember in the 1990s when we went to an internet cafe for the first time and it was this new thing going to an internet cafe because no one had it at home and that we couldn't think of what to look up because there was, there wasn't, and I remember we looked up Barbie. Because that was what we could think of. Oh, that really? was a thing that might have a website. <laughs> I can't remember that. I, but I can remember going to a, a seminar or like a course, an entire course at the Institute for Historical Research. I think I didn't have internet at that point, but that was about internet for, it probably would have been called something different for historians or something. And I didn't oh, wow. know what, what to look up. And it, it yeah, it looked like, ms dos or you know like very early yeah. computer it was just yeah where was that internet cafe we went to it was it was either in great portland street itself or or somewhere around there because i remember it was just off oxford circus it was wow. sort of on a corner somewhere and yes it was like this amazing new thing that you had to go to a cafe to do it mm. and then yeah i remember you paid for a certain amount of time and we both <laughs> sat in front of the screen and we're like what do we do now? Yeah. What just type something and what can we type in? And and there weren't, you know, all the Casillian things to type no. in. And so yeah, Barbie was our go-to. <laughs> We've probably just come from Hamleys, you know, because that's another of our yes, going to the true. Barbie section in in um Hamleys. So we probably thought let's just carry it on. Yeah. And see what the internet has. Because I and I remember as well being in a meeting at the college I was working in at the time where it was like all men talking about it, of course. And that my colleagues and I sitting in the audience couldn't stop laughing because they just kept saying the World Wide Web. And they never <laughs> actually said the internet. They just said the World Wide Web. Yeah. And someone saying like what is effectively a tongue twister continuously, that's all you hear. But it's it's very funny to think how quickly we just adapted to it. I know. Because I always think that like in the 19th century, sorry, I'm on a roll with that. Yes. yes. But I always think like when you look back to the 19th century, you think, oh my God, how did they cope with all these things happening? But you just absorb it into your life. I do I do remember though, the, I, I do very prominently remember the first time I logged on at home. Oh, do you? Yeah. I don't remember that at all. But yeah. And the noise, you know, the noise it always used to the make. The noise of the router. Mm. I wonder is there a is there a museum that has like recorded and preserved that noise? I don't know, but I'm sure on YouTube someone will have put it. Yes. And it will have it will be in countless films probably. That could be quite interesting to look at as yes. well, you know, early use of internet in films. Yeah. 
Very, very interesting. But we're traveling back in time, but not so far. Yeah, on a very different note. On a very, sorry, I was just, it was just what I was in my head as you phoned. And I'm glad you reminded me. But on a very different note, yeah, I, I went to the Helen Levitt exhibition. I'm so sorry you couldn't come. Oh, I'm so sorry. I really want to see it. Tell me all about it. Well, it's it's hard to tell you all about it. There's just so much. It's just it's fabulous. That there, there's a lot, really oh, a lot wow. of photos. There's the amazing film she worked on, and it's over two floors. And they've done it, I guess, thematically. Although all the color work is in sort of one section, and wow. I mean, for me, I I think the big revelation was the color work among among other things and yes. also i i've got a book at home is a way of seeing which which was a sort of republished um version of what she published in 65 and that contained a lot of graffiti and children and not not just actually when i just looked at it again but that was sort of in my head pretty much what what yeah. i had in my head and there's just so so much more i mean the children do wow. play play a big part in the graffiti but there's just such a wide range of people in her her photographs and a lot of older people as well which I thought was really interesting yeah it's really hard to pick to pick things out but I mean one one of the sections for instance was about gestures and um oh how so lovely. that is just you know such an such an important thing for her people always being in very mm. interesting poses and then another one was about influence of surrealism and and another one was about influence of silent film or maybe that was actually the gestures one where they talked about her interest in film and and the gestures in silent film that's so fascinating because that that really look, links to what I'm working on because you can so you can so see in amateur snapshots and film how people are mirroring things from silent film and, and professional oh. photography. It's really interesting how it kind of goes into your body and you'd like sometimes you feel they're consciously doing it and sometimes it's just inside them by that point that they've they've just imbibed so much silent film by that point that it just is it becomes how they stand if a camera is pointed at them. Because I thought I watched the film. Thank mm. you so much for sending me the the link. And I really, I always find it fantastic in documentary and and nonfiction films when when people stand for a moving camera. And and there's a bit where all the children group in front of her and they 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 are kind of crowding the, the camera frame, and they want to stand still. Like they're not oh. wanting to say, look at me doing this wild thing. They're all like gathering together, like, take my picture, mm. take my picture. That is interesting. But that might also be, a you know, a it's two people, she and Janice Loeb. I think she was, she became her oh, sister-in-law. Yes. And, and I think in somewhere in the exhibition or maybe in the film, the two curators have made just them sort of being interviewed. They say something about it's sort of not clear who, who did, what on the film but there are some stills oh, from right. Helen Levitt so I don't know maybe it has something to do with that but maybe not at all and and maybe maybe being filmed was was such a new thing I guess much more than being photographed well I don't know I mean I've definitely seen it in 1920s 
films. Mm. And I was like, oh, wow, they're still doing it in 1948. Although it would still, you know, particularly they live in a poor area. They're mm. not going to be able to afford mm. movie cameras themselves. Moving cameras, not movie cameras. Um, so it would have been, because I was thinking about that as well, like how much would they have been photographed other than by, you know, documentary photographers coming I, into I their area? At that point, you would still go to a, you know, studio if you wanted a proper photo taken. Oh, mm. I'm sure you would. But I don't know if, if the people, because she, I think, is that one shot in East Harlem? I think so. Because it looks mm. like Spanish Harlem, doesn't it? Because there's, yeah. there's Spanish shop signs and things. Um, you know, they may just never have been photographed. Yeah. I don't know, you know, unless someone gave someone they knew a camera, it was probably too expensive because it's not just the camera, it's getting it processed. That's and true. Mm. And I thought, sorry, just to say, I was also really struck watching the film and then I, bu I bought the catalogue because I, I really was sad I didn't see it, so I wanted to mm. see the pictures. And I was, like, it's really kind of fascinating, shocking, I don't know what else, seeing how improvised the children's yeah. clothes are, particularly the tiny ones, yeah. that it just seems like, put some covering on their bodies and send them out because some of them are in really, I know there's like the later bit where they're deliberately dressed up, but even earlier on that some of the ones who look about two ish, two or three are just in garments yeah. and you feel it was just something that, you know, they wouldn't trip over in just so they had clothes on. Yeah. I mean, there is particularly a little boy that is in a dress. Yes. And yes, that's the one I was yeah, thinking of. Yeah, and that he comes up a few a few times. No, no, yeah. I was noticing that. But also but also then the other person that really fascinated me in the film and, and they're sort of following her along the street is this woman who's in this mm. beautiful black dress with see-through sleeves wonderful? and high yes. heels and a clutch bag and yes. She she just looks absolutely amazing. She really does. And it's it's kind of what, you know, film was made for is capturing people who are who are just extraordinary because they mm. just are. Because yes, it looks like it's a black sort of underslip and then and then a chiffon. layer of chiffon on top, mm. doesn't it? Because the skirt is also see through y over the mm. opaque. Mm. And yet the movement is just beautiful. And it's really, I think it's really interesting because it really conveys that sense of city streets in the olden days where they were like people's mm. living rooms, an extension of their living rooms. That if you live somewhere small and you're maybe working in there as well as a mother or whatever. And so you have to kind of put the children outside because you need to get on with what you're doing. Or just because you haven't got a garden, you need them mm. to go outside, and it's and it's like that way that the children and and some of the people who are sitting chatting or leaning out of their windows, it's so familiar to them that they are behaving like they're indoors, even though they're outdoors, in terms of the level of casualness and knowledge. And of also, where they I are. mean, there seems to be a lot of brush. No, what is not called sweeping? You know, sweeping going on, and so it yes. is really literally used as an extension or seen as a. You know, mm. it needs to look. Mm. It needs to look good. Uh, you know, neat outside, outside yes. your front door. Yes, that that sense of ownership mm. of the outside of your house. Obviously, people do that now, but not I not to that extent. And it, and it's interesting how you get like 
the movements that are quite like dance sometimes, like that amazing woman in her chiffon mm, dress. Yeah. That they're sort of animating the city. I mean, the children playing is just so incredible with this weird game of putting mm. some white substance, lime or chalk in a sock and then and then hitting other people with it to mark them. That's yeah. crazy. And did you see that article I sent you about Ragamuffin yes. Day? It's, it's so funny. So it's like the day, is it the day before I don't know whether it was on, on or before. Maybe it is actual Thanksgiving Day. But yeah, they're putting... I thought it was flour, but is it chalk in a I think stocking? in the catalogue in one point they say lime and at one point they say chalk. Right. But at some point someone is getting wow. something out of what looks to me like a flour package. So I, yes. I don't know. I think all of these probably would work <laughs> if we wanted to <laughs> yes, when we have when we, when we when we initiate a right yeah. day in London, that we're, we're not going to be fussy. It's just mm. a powder. But it's so extraordinary seeing these stockings like, this funny shape and then yeah the way they like throw it like they keep hold of it but like and wallop someone and like so it means everybody's clothes are just being covered in this white Mm. stuff and it's like transforming everyone around them and the street as these things explode it's so i mean i'm sure as a child that would be so much fun not as an adult being one of the people although yeah i never liked things that meant you could potentially being hit like snowball fights or so. Oh, I was quite willing to get oh, involved really? in yeah, that kind no. of thing. I think if you have siblings, two big brothers, mm, you can't really true. not partake, really. But but amazing as well, their outfits for that. Because I thought it was Halloween at first, but it seems that like in the 40s, it was transferring into being Halloween. Okay. That you got dressed up and masked and did whatever you did. And it was funny because Adrian and I showed him because it's so extraordinary that passage where they're all dressed up and they seem to like they seem to swap like the boys dress as women and yes. vice versa. Mm, I know. And that. they have like these huge clothes because they're clearly clearly wearing adult clothes and masks and they look quite scary. It's mm. quite uncanny, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. So I was showing Adrian and he said there's a bit in the film Meet Me in St. Louis where they have Halloween and it's really similar. Oh, interesting. He thinks. But it seems from what I read in that article about the Ragamuffin Day that Halloween, it's like that starts being celebrated in the way we're familiar with now in the 1940s. So maybe Meet Me in St. Louis is showing a 1940s thing, even though it's set, I don't know, late 1930, 20s. Yeah, yeah, that would make sense. But the outfits are, are crazy. And were there any particular photos you... In the catalogue, you. I mean, it's again oh, hard, isn't it? There's just so many. It's hard because there's so many. There's one of an elderly lady crossing the road with her dog that I really love because she's very chic and she looks like it's from 1940. Well, it says 4240, so early 40s. And it looks. Have you got the yeah. catalogue? It's on page 110. Okay. It looks like she's wearing a dress from the oh, 30s. Because yes. it's that kind of chic snappy longer slimline dress and she's got her little hat and I can't see if it's got a veil I don't think so and and she looks very 30s and chic Mm. and she's clearly what do you think in her 70s and I love I love her and the kind of curve of her body as she steps up onto the curb but then the way you've got water running down the street behind her that kind of echoes that curve yeah I really like I think that seems She's, Helen Levitt seems to really like that sort of one. There's a couple where they don't look at each other, but they look sort of beyond each other, if you see what I mean. So the man looks to the ah. 
to the left. The woman is so the woman is on the left, the, the man is on the right, and and they look in opposite direction. That and that that seems to happen quite a lot. And I do that a lot in a film that one person goes in one way, and then the next shot, some person goes the the other Interesting. way the one i really like is actually the one before in in the book page 108 i just oh, she yeah, is gorgeous i love that she i'd love that she's sort of in full jewelry by the looks of it yes and i yes. don't know what do you think this top is do you think it's some sort of blouse or jacket it's it's hard to make out i mm. don't know because I mean, it's early forties, but she almost looks like she's in so something knitted in an in a new look almost. Because I wondered if it yeah. was a because it because it comes down lower, doesn't it? It comes down sort of to her hips. Yes, the top, mm. and then she's got a full skirt, and then the shoes, shoes are amazing. Yeah, the shoes are so Hollywood, mm. and her hair with those chunky. Her hair's beautiful. Yeah, there's a lot of this sort of high forties hair going on. Yeah, and and that must be, and she's interesting, yes, because she's very early forties fashion. Yes, and she's kind of ref- referencing fashion, fashion, Hollywood fashion, and local fashion. I would yeah. say. And then the way the little boy is just again in like a jumble of of dirty clothes, mm. because if you, she must be selling something out of a card, but I couldn't quite yes. figure out what that might be. No, because it looks like there's different syrups or something to put on whatever it mm. is no she's really amazing because she's so she's so glamorous and the setting is not yeah. glamorous but it does it does kind of I I like it her photographs because it shows you the diversity on the streets in terms of clothes yeah. that there's always a mix and even people who don't have money to spend on clothes can create things whether literally they make their own clothes or they just adapt what they have and bring like amazing style and i love the all the different outfits that people seem to be wearing for cleaning you know there's a lot of aprons and yes i think yes. that's really interesting too and there's a great one on 117 where there's a mother and a child and they're unconsciously they're completely copying each oh, other's yes. pose mm. and then yeah the person that right next really to them good. as well has got the, her, her oh yes. Up. Yeah. yes and it's like they're wearing rags I mean I think the one thing I was a bit like not sure about I haven't had time to read the essays properly mm. so I don't know but like reading skim reading like the beginning bit there's a lot about it being poetic and lyrical and it is but you're yeah. also looking at grinding poverty and you're looking at people excluded from from you know polite respectable society because they don't have enough money to dress in a way that would enable them to cross over into that world yeah and I think there's also a bit of unease in in me sometimes in it's sort of they they address it with the subway photographs in the exhibition Mm. they have the ones that she did early on where she did them secretly and then they have later one that she does where she you know didn't do them secretly anymore and Mm. I think sometimes I also they talk a bit about that in the catalogue that I think she mentions in you know in this interview that I sent to you where she doesn't say very much and doesn't really want to say very much but she mentions this sort of angle finder or whatever it's called that allows you to use a camera and people think you're looking at something else Oh, yes, because she used, because didn't she use that in the film as well? Or was I don't it just know about the photo? film, but she she does definitely mention that she uses it. And it's interesting mm. that in the catalogue, they at several instances, they play that down and, and say, you know, it's very obvious that mm. people do know that she's there. 
And um, there's a particular one they mentioned, which I also love, which is sort of three women sitting outside. It looks like in a break and they all look a bit angry and they they oh yes I yeah. know the one and they look they definitely know they're being photographed so I thought that was interesting that that no but it, it's a I think it's a real issue well it, of course mm. it is we know that but I think it is really problematic because knowing someone's staring at you and staring back at them like go away is different from thinking and they're taking a photograph of me Yes. Do you know what I mean? And you can't necessarily tell from a photograph always where, I mean, you can sometimes, but but you can't tell if if it's a go away, stop staring at me, you're lurking and being weird, or a you are taking my photograph. Go away, and I don't yeah. Because like I think you see that in like contemporary street photography as well, that sometimes people are looking and like, it's like they're looking like, stop, I don't like this, but the person is still taking the photograph. Yeah. And that's... That's really problematic. I mean, where can mm. I just ask, do you know where she lived in New York? Because I read she never, she sort of went to Mexico yeah. once, but that was her only foray outside New York. But I wondered which district she lived in. I think at the beginning, there, at some point it says something that when she starts off that she, she walked or something from Brooklyn. So I think right. at, at least in the 30s, I think when she starts, that's where she lives. But I don't know whether she. But that's interesting. Stays there. Why, you know, why wasn't she? I know. I don't think it's her neighborhood her where she photographs. But in in the catalog again, I might have misunderstood. But they seem to say that it. Well, she says that in the interview that she, she wanted to make photographs as art, but she was also influenced by, you know, social photography for want of a better expression. Mm. So. I guess that's another that's the thing I really need to sort of disentangle a bit more. But that's interesting the idea that you can't that it wouldn't be art if it was on her doorstep or maybe was it that she might see people she knows or or maybe there was more going on people outside. I don't know I mean Brooklyn was a really yeah very different from how it is yeah. today. Yeah that's definitely something to look at. And maybe one last thing for yeah. me, because that is sort of just in yeah. terms of people being photographed knowingly or unknowingly, they include yes. quite a lot of contact sheets, you know. Oh, I like those. There's a few in the catalogue. Yeah, they, it, actually the image section of the catalogue is exactly what's in the exhibition. And I think it's right. pretty much in the in the same order as well. So you mm. really get a good impression. But And again, they, they talk quite a bit in the catalogue about in the contact sheets, you you can see that even if the final photo is not one where people look at her, they do it in the photos before and after. Right, right. So, yeah, the contact sheets add actually a lot. It is really interesting to see. I think they're fascinating. I love it when you see them. I love them anyway, but I extra love it if it's a photographer you know already. And it's just so amazing when you suddenly see because I really loved it Do you remember years ago when I went to Washington DC mm. and I saw Tony Frizzell's contact sheets I think they're actually digitized now but then you had to go to the the archive mm. and it was just so brilliant the way you could see she was clearly like chatting with the oh, model okay. mm. and taking pictures as they chatted because in some you know they're like the model's expressions are showing they're they're talking to each other and it was just so interesting to see that in contrast to other photographers where it's very formal and serious and you know strike a pose that is really well it sounds it sounds like a great exhibition yeah. I definitely 
I want to go, but I was thinking of taking my MA students when I'm back teaching yeah, next term. Yeah, that sounds Because I really think it's still idea. on and I think it would be great for us to go as a group. Yeah. And I think I'll I'll go again. Yeah. Yeah. Well, maybe I can go with you. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. It's a date. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, continue to enjoy your um, sparkly nails. Oh, I will. And I'll talk to you soon. Okay. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye.